0: And I could sing along, but I'm not going to You know it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball With Jamie Uretsky It's still snowing here And we are on our way to Arizona To see some White Sox and Cubs Baseball and the Royals I think I can see all three teams in a short period of time And maybe get over to see a little bit of spring training On a few other sites I'll tell you one place I'm not going, Florida And when you go to Florida You uh, go see the Cheating Champs I don't think so We're going to talk about the cheating champs in a little while. Uh, I've been listening to the uh, scripted apology, quote-unquote, by the Astros. Jim Crane, or whatever Crane's first name is, he should have been banned from baseball. Their owner got off easy. What a joke. I mean, he knew it was going on. Give me a break. I'm so upset about it and about the immunity and about the way that the MLB handled it, they clearly never prosecuted. They clearly are afraid to death of the union, and they didn't take the pulse of the union members because everybody outside of Houston is, I want to say, pissed off, but that would be too easy a thing to say. And you know what's ironic about all this? Here's the deal. Whether you're Clayton Kershaw or whoever you are, my inclination would be hit those guys once, twice, 25 times, wherever they are, whether they're still with the Astros or not. Bean them. Do whatever. And I'm not advocating hitting the guy in the head, I guess, when I say beaning, I mean throw at him and hit him somewhere else. But the irony of this, let's just say Kershaw, who got robbed of Game 7 by those guys. And and as uh, Bellinger pointed out, and he ripped on the Astros and went so far as to say that Altuvi cheated Judge out of the MVP award. And that's true. Those guys. Anyway, The irony of all this is that if they take any retaliatory efforts against the Astros, they're going to get suspended. Even if they get suspended one game, that's more than the cheating, choking son of a guns in Houston got. You believe that? I guarantee guys are going to go headhunting for a while, no matter whether this is old school or whether it's the modern-day baseball wusses that don't throw inside, and uh, they're going to get suspended. And they're going to get more punishment. I don't care who it is. Somebody's going to get more punishment than these cheaters get. And that is the gutless reality of Major League Baseball. They're going to suspend guys for throwing at the cheaters, but the cheaters get scot-free. They get their rings, they get their batting averages, they got their MVP trophies, they got their World Series share, and like Cody Bellinger said, they're still cheating. They cheated in 2018, they cheated in 2019, and they're going to probably try to figure out another way to do it. And why not? They won. And Crane, their owner, give me a break. The whole day of their explanations really sucked. They were pathetic. Well, you know, people say uh, stealing signs, it's no big deal. Joe Giardi says, I really haven't thought about it. I'm just going to move on. There's nothing I can do about it except figure out how to protect our signals. Aaron Boone is trying to be a little bit diplomatic. Man, oh man, I would just cut to the chase and say, MLB dropped the ball. Not only did Joe Torrey and his crew miss it, because they were sitting there during every playoff game, or they had somebody there, and Torrey was there during the World Series. How did he not hear it or see it when they were on notice that it was going on? So I know I've gone over and over this maybe a little bit, but if you listen to my first podcast after the news came out, and I think it's called The and Champs, I said at that time before I and I have yet to read a Twitter or a tweet or an Instagram or any of the social media stuff. But at the time, I said they should have been banned from baseball. Hinch should have been banned. Luna should have been banned. Crane should have been forced to sell. It was a chicken blank, Blankety-blankety-blank reaction by Major League like Baseball. They give everybody immunity uh, if you talk. All you got to do is talk to three people, give three people immunity, and get the rest of the birds to thrown out of baseball. I'm telling you what, it is no different than Joe Jackson or Al Seacott or Bucky Weaver or the other five guys in eight men out. No different. In fact, it's probably much worse it's much worse than the Black Sox And what are they doing? Well, you know I mean, if you listen to those guys On the podium and in the clubhouse They're still lying I mean, you don't have to be a, a, a Seasoned long FBI agent Prosecutor, lawyer To look at Altuve and Correa And know They're still lying When asked about the buzzer Altuve says, well, MLB didn't find anything. (laughs) He never said he didn't do it. He might have said, well, uh, that would, and then Correa goes, that would be a lie. I've got my credibility at stake. I would never, I would never tell a lie because that would hurt my credibility. They had electronic gizmos on their body and, uh, It was going on in 2019. Now, do I have any evidence? Uh, No. Do I have a podcast where I can say pretty much what I want? Yeah. But I can tell you what. The majority of the Major League Baseball players are pissed, and the Dodgers are more pissed than anybody. And then I listen to some bozo on MLB network today going, well, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I thought they really acquitted themselves well in their press conference. (laughs) Well, number one, acquitted themselves well. Who uses that language? They are so guilty, and they're going to feel like if they had a heart, they'd feel very ashamed of themselves to the, ex- to the extent that, um, you know, they would, uh, I suppose, not forfeit their money voluntarily, but if I were there, I might donate my World Series share to uh, charity so we'll uh talk a little bit more about this because reaction is overwhelmingly uh heated from major league baseball you know when the ped thing broke everybody was yawning ain't so much of a yawn right now and uh it's only going to get worse and uh you know i think everybody um or a lot of people probably myself included are hoping the astros just lay an egg this year and that Altuve, correa springer um, all lay an egg right with it. You know, they just, Bregman, all of them, it's just hard to like those guys. I mean, hell, even the Black Sox were acquitted. They had a trial. Twelve peers, fine tried-and-true Cook County citizens, listened to all the evidence, and then concluded that the boys were not guilty. Now... The new commissioner, Judge Landis Didn't care what the jury said He banned them all from baseball for life And that's what Manfred should do But no, you know Give him immunity, unbelievable But we'll get back to that In the meantime Occasionally I go on the lighter side of baseball With something light And so I was driving home today from somewhere And as I do occasionally I listen to MLB Network just to get mad And uh so, they were interviewing Bobby Valentine, who's not really one of my favorite guys, but this is hilarious. He was talking about Tom Pachorik, who is one of my favorite guys, and I, I wish we got his broadcasts. He used to be on The Leadoff Man with Steve Phillips. He was great. I think he's now doing color for maybe the Marlins. Anyway, um, this this could take a few minutes, but it's it's pretty funny. So... The first funny thing was, Valentine said, when uh, he was at spring training, Pichorek's, you know, been a veteran for a few years, and he knocks on the door of the hotel room, and Pachorek lets him in and says, what's the deal? And Valentine goes, and this is back in the day of roommates, he goes, uh, I'm rooming with you for spring training. <laughs> and Pachorek just had a profane-laden response to that and then went back to sleep spring training story goes on that you know about two weeks into spring training Lasorda gets the team together and gives a hellfire and brimstone speech and he ends it with I'll tell you what everybody in this room needs to approach every game like it's the last game you're going to ever play in the major leagues and they'll give it your best so time goes by and Pechorek and Valentine have their careers Pachoric outlasts Valentine, but Valentine uh, ends up as a manager for the Texas Rangers, and Pechorek gets traded to the Rangers. So he's on the last leg of his career. And about a month into the season, uh, Valentine's out in the outfield shagging, and Pechorek comes over next to him, and they're shagging together. And Valentine looks at him and goes, you remember uh, when we started uh, Lasorda with every Uh, in the spring say, you know, treat this game like it's your last and Pachorik said, yeah and so Valentine goes, well Tommy, you ought to treat this game as your last just like Tommy had told us Pachorik goes over, catches a few more balls and then walks back over to him and he says is this my last game? (laughs) and Valentine goes, yeah he goes two for four off of Langston and gets released last game he ever played now Valentine's pretty funny and um, tells it a lot funnier than I did. But I thought that was pretty funny. So, and it's so rare that there's something light that comes out of my mouth about baseball. But that was it. Then he talked about another story that he had. This fun thing about all these old guys in that era, they have great stories. It's like I said, when Euchre came over to the hospice uh, facility where Nellie was, They for three or four hours, they told funny Funny stories. Not dirty jokes. Funny stories. And so Lasorda would always, whenever he spoke to the team, he would always say, and you guys will never send me a fruit basket for my birthday. I never get a birthday present. Well, Valentine says he's over in Japan when Lasorda's turning 79 and he calls a number of general manager friends and people that knew Lasorda and said, hey, Remember when Tommy always said this? Yeah, well, let's all get him a fruit basket. And so he gets hit with three pickup trucks full of fruit baskets, which I thought was pretty funny. Sent to Lasorda. Now, am I great at telling stories? Probably not. But, uh, you know, again, funny. But the pechoric thing, uh, this is your last game. Play it like it is because it is funny. Funny, funny, funny. So anyway, lighter side of baseball, We are talking about the Astros, and I said at the last uh, um, time we had episode number two, this is episode number three. We always talk about numbers. Babe Ruth, number three, of course. My favorite number three, being a White Sox fan when I was growing up, Floyd Robinson, old Robbie, number three. Great little left-handed hitter on a team that really didn't have much offense. Floyd was very good. Had a good career. Anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about Madden and Theo because if you'll recall during last year when they became apparent they weren't going to sign Madden, I told everybody that in my opinion Madden wasn't going to sign ever this last year because Theo stuck his nose in Joe's business and that's exactly what Joe alluded to in an interview with uh with a beat reporter for the Cubs, and Madden told him recently in the last couple of weeks that you know when they had their honeymoon and they all kissed and came to Chicago, Theo assured him he wouldn't get in the way of anything. Well, that's just not true. He got in the way of hiring coaches. He got in the way of sabermetrics, and he got in the way of batting. You know, Theo wanted to be the uh, batting coach, so you know Theo doesn't deny any of that, but he doesn't affirm any of it either. But clearly, I was right on that when Theo meddled at the end of the year and when Theo wanted a batting coach that could give a launch angle bigger and better, that was the end of Joe, and now he's out with California. And my number one fun team to follow this year, the California or Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Whatever their name is, whoever Joe Madden is coaching, I'm there with him. That's going to be fun, and I think they're going to win the division. If I didn't predict that, In my podcast number two, season number two, I am now. Right now. You've heard it. Sorry, Padres. Sorry, Giants, bottom of the barrel. boy. (laughs) This guy's let a lot of people go. Anyway, so they're all getting picked up by people. So that's where we are. Uh, This is the end of segment one. I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to uh, uh, see if I can't get a little lunch, wet my lips. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the Astros. Uh, Spring training camps are opening up. Uh, I don't think I talked about the Super Bowl. Now, that's certainly, you know, not football is not the lighter side of baseball. But I did have an opportunity, and I took advantage of it. I went to the Super Bowl with Josh, my son, one of my sons, my three sons, all of whom are big Chiefs fans as opposed to me, all of whom really wanted to go to the game. But Brad started a trial. Andrew just had a newborn child, Bren. And uh, so Josh got the nod. And down we went to uh, Fort Lauderdale, stayed on the beach, went to some parties in downtown Lauderdale, had a tailgate. And uh, if I rehashed all this in the last podcast, I apologize. But what a great game. Patrick Mahomes is worth the price of admission. I don't care how much you have to pay to go see him next year. He's the real deal, he's fun. Somebody got a hold of. Here's what I think the reason the Chiefs did so well. One of the reasons, besides Mahomes, somebody it had to be somebody or something got into Travis Kelsey's brain, which led him to act like a normal human being throughout this entire season, in, instead of kind of a overpumped crazy man on the field. Uh, no penalties for you know, 15 yards for unsportsmanlike conduct, uh, no stupid plays. He scores a touchdown in a key moment of the comeback in the Super Bowl. And last year, Kelsey would have been doing who knows what with the ball and who knows what with this little demonstration. This year, he drops the ball in the end zone, and he trots on back to jump up and down with Mahomes and go back to the bench. That is a maturity factor that I think benefited Everybody on the Chiefs team this year. They were classy as opposed to the 49ers. The 49ers did their victory pose twice down in the corner of the end zone. And you know what? They get what they deserve when they lost because that was how that doesn't get a penalty. Anyway, I'm not going to get into what I think's wrong with football. I think play is wrong with baseball. So we'll be back in a little bit with segment two of episode three again I'm so excited about the people I'm hearing listening. Um, uh, so, you know, I'm not going to go into all the listeners that have been great in terms of communicating with me, but I am pumped up for this season. I'm pumped up to maybe get uh, some more listeners, pumped up to have some Papaquino pizza, and uh, I'm just looking forward to it. And there's a new book out can't remember Barry's last name. Barry was a trainer. Probably said this in the last podcast too. I'm unscripted so whatever comes into the lighter side of my brain is what we get on the show. But this guy wrote a book called Eating His Way Through Baseball. Could there be a better book for me? No. And they asked him in the interview on MLB Network uh, what was his favorite place in Chicago? And I think all the book, I gotta buy, buy and read it. I think the book talks about all the favorite places that players, because he was a trainer, the managers, coaches, they would all go out for dinner. Chicago, Las Corolla. Oh, my. It's an out-of-the-way place, a little bit out of the way. Not well-known, but it is by locals, and it is really, really fun. And it's a bit of a long wait but you can wait next door at Poor Richard's Bar. Not too bad. Or you can just go to the bar in Las Carola, which has three seats, and you're in the way of all the service. But that's okay. They smile, and uh, you never know who you're going to see there. Anyway, we'll be back in just a few minutes after we get some pizza from Pizza Man. Very good pizza in Kansas City, if you're ever there. Pizza Man. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Thin. Very good. Not like Chicago, not like St. Louis, not like anywhere. Pizza Man, he's good. And he's not a sponsor, so I'm just saying that gratuitously. So we'll be back in a few minutes on the lighter side of baseball. And we are back on the lighter side of baseball, and boy, is it a beautiful day. There's still snow in the fairway, so no golf today, but went for a long walk, and I guess you probably don't really care about that. So we'll stop talking about it. We are going to continue talking about, I can't get enough of the cheaters. Man, oh man, oh man. Correa needs to shut his mouth. He just went on and on and on about, they did cheat in 2019? Yeah, they did. They didn't have buzzers on? I bet they did. And all they keep saying is, well, the MLB. read them read the report. They never found this. They never found that. Well, the more Correa talks, the less I believe him. And I didn't believe him when he started talking the other day. Cody Bellinger, Trevor Bauer, uh, there's some guys out there that are just putting it on the line, saying it, telling it like it is. And uh, You know, if nothing else, the Baseball Writers of America ought to ban these guys from the Hall of Fame ever, no matter what their statistics show. Or, in the alternative, let in Joe Jackson, who didn't do anything nearly as egregious as these guys. I mean, he threw the World Series, supposedly, was found innocent by a jury of his peers, and he hit 375, which was a record for the World Series for years and years and decades and then uh, Pete Rose, what about Petey Boy? <laughs> I tell you what, I think because of this scandal, here you go, I, there's a lot that I bring up that people, you know, must listen and then try to act as if it's their own thought, which is fine, um, our listening audience is growing by leaps and bounds, some of the canine variety. So in the background, you might hear a couple dogs across the street, which I won't editorialize what I think of them, but they seem to bark a lot. So you might hear some barking, which some people say the show has gone to the dogs. Anyway, back to the cheating champions. I think a couple things. Number one, what does Las Vegas think of this? Or the mob, or if they're both, the sporting, bookmaking, folks who laid a ton of money on the Dodgers and lost because these son-of-a-guns were cheating. Where is Vegas in all this? Or did Vegas know about it and put all the money on the Astros? There's something to look into because I think uh, that's that's a problem for some boys when Vegas wakes up and starts putting two and two together. Um, I don't think they're going to laugh about it, number one. Number two... I think this scandal is going to result in Bonds and Clemens getting into the Hall of Fame next year. And I want to be there. And if Bonds and Clemens get in, why not Pete and Joe? Come on. What, what difference does it make now? They granted immunity to these bozos who committed these egregious acts against Major League Baseball. And it's a big yawn. Now, I think another novel idea that I had, and that is every pitcher in the major leagues ought to get immunity for three to five beanings. And you know, by beanings, as I said, throw it at their butt, throw it at their ribs, throw it, throw, I don't care, throw it wherever you want to throw it. Uh, immunity. No suspension for any player hitting a Houston Astro, and you go, well, boy, that's kind of extreme payback. Well, as I said in segment one, these boys are going to throw at the Astros for retribution, and they're going to get a bigger suspension than the immunized Astros. Bad deal. Bad deal all the way around. So, let's see. Correa lipping off. A lot of the players are lipping off against the Astros, and then every time somebody lips off, Correa wants to defend him. Oh, Altuve didn't cheat. He didn't want to hear the drum bang. He wanted it to be just fine without the drum. Give me a break. Give me a break. Um, There's a guy that videoed and YouTubed every game. I guarantee Altuve's got a drum beating in the background. So, you know, Correa ought to just shut up, get the year over with, and get on down the road. So, Two more things I want to talk about today in, uh, in this segment. Uh, the first is the top 100 list by MLB Network. You know, I continue to just, I can't even believe some of the crap that comes out of MLB Network. Now, they got a lot of time to kill, and some of it's good. You know, I think that Smoltzy's pretty good. Verducci's not. Sean Casey and Tommy are pretty good. And Darling's good. Most of the guys are good. Pleasag is great. You know, the non-baseball guys are okay. Uh, Then there's the guys in between the players and the non-baseball guys, i.e., you know, some of the John Hurts of the world. And um, it's okay. Like I said, i got a lot of time to kill. But this top 100 list is a joke other than the top 10. And I'm not even sure about the order of the top 10. But the top 10... Francisco Lindor is number ten. Nolan Arenado is nine. Give me a break. Nolan Arenado's in the top four. He should be in the top four. Then you've got Jacob DeGrom. He's number eight. Garrett Cole seven. I don't have a problem with that. Rendon. I got a problem with him being number uh, six. He ought to be ten. Uh, Bregman. I wouldn't put in the top twenty. Mookie Betts, I'd put in the top 20, but not in the top 10. Bellinger, yeah. Yelich, yeah. Trout. So who do you move up from the uh, top 20? Uh, Number one, uh, some of these guys that have been around a year. Alonzo is in the top 25. Give me a break. Uh, Charlie Blackman's not even in the top 50. Give me a break. Springer, you know, I don't know. Judge. I don't know, Altuve, I know I wouldn't move any of those Astros. I would put Scherzer, Verlander, and Strasburg in the top 10. Beyond yeah, my top 10. My top 10 might have 11. I don't know. So I got a problem with that, but I got a problem with everything they do. Now, my new team, you know, more guys, more exposure, more interest, funny. Tim Anderson, he's a funny guy. Never really heard him talk. He was interviewed on MLB Network. So now I'm going to watch, I was going to watch the White Sox anyway, but I'm going to watch the White Sox a lot. I like their lineup. We'll go over their lineup. It's going to be pretty good. Uh, so who are the, let's see, the dog team, The you know, come up. My dog watch was Machado and Harper. I'll probably still do that, but there are seven or eight doggy franchises starting with the Marlins and the Orioles and the Rays and the A's and the Royals and the Tigers and the Rockies. And I'm sure I'll come up with a few more. Let me tell you why I think those franchises need one little twist and they're back in business. The Orioles, get rid of your owner. Tell that guy to get out of baseball. It's horrible, you know. Get your payroll up to 150 million and call me when you get that. Number two, the Marlins, terrible, terrible. Maybe I'm going to watch them. I think they might be a little better, but they're terrible. The Rays get a new ballpark, tear down the Sombrero, build a new ballpark. Come on, Florida baseball work, but make it air conditioning inside and uh, make it nice. Marlins, I don't know, boy, that ballpark is out in the middle of not an easy way to get to it. Um, And then you got the uh, Royals. Pay money. Come on, you've been a doormat. You know, here's a team with great history. A new owner. No honeymoon. Just go put on a good team. The A's. Build a new stadium. So what are the Rockies, man, I don't know. Move out of Colorado, that's a bad place to play. Now, it's fun field. I like Curse Field, so, you know. Here's the fun teams that I'm going to be watching. I've already told you the Angels. Looking forward to the Angels. I'm looking forward to the Cubs, Cardinals, Brewers. I'm looking forward to the White Sox. I'm looking forward to the Reds. Looking forward to the Cardinals. I'm looking forward to the Mets. And I'm looking forward to the... Uh, uh, Braves, because my buddy loves the Braves. So those are the f- teams. I think the White Sox is going to be one of the more fun teams. Twins it could be interesting. And uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks, we'll make our predictions. I'm not making a prediction until we get close to uh, the end of March when baseball starts. But um, that's kind of that's kind of the long and the short of it for right now. In the meantime. We've got the uh, Negro League celebration, which I love. And I'm going to do a whole show on the Negro Leagues because I'm going to try to get Kendrick to sit down with me at some point. But, I mean, besides the stars, besides Cool Papa Bell, Satchel, Buck O'Neill, besides Josh Gibson and and Oscar Charleston, you have a bunch of really fun, interesting players. And it is uh, amazing Uh, to get into the history of the Negro Leagues, get into the history of not only when they started in 1920, but, I mean, when the modern-day ballplayers started playing in the Negro Leagues, the Ernie Banks, the Henry Aarons, the Jackie Robinsons, the treatment they got was subhuman. And that wasn't that long ago. And, uh, wow, I mean, it's just unbelievable. And Dave Nelson, for that matter. We've chronicled some of the problems Nelly had when he was playing minor league baseball in Iowa. But, uh, you know, there's just some stuff that's, is this really America? And it's still, you know, I don't know how much of it's going on. Speaking of that, I kind of came on hard the other day against the Latinos in the Royals organization that were ostracized, traded, released, what have you from Yoast, and I thought that was a good deal. It, it doesn't matter whether they're brown, yellow, black, white. That was the group that got uh, separated from the team because of some of their behavior. Now, I sort of said the same thing about the Astros, and it just seems like, with the exception of Bregman, you had Beltron and Cora, Springer, Altuve, Correa. I don't know. I mean, I so my prejudice against people are un-nice people, mean people, people that aren't nice, people that are too big to sign an autograph, people that um, just aren't decent human beings, so it doesn't matter whether they're black, white, yellow, Latino, brown, you name it, whatever. I don't think that I have a prejudiced, racially insensitive bone in my body, but if I came across that way with the respect of the Latinos, I wholeheartedly apologize. I am looking forward to getting down to spring training this next week and as I said I'm going to see a little bit of the Royals a little bit of the White Sox a little bit of the Giants and a little bit of the uh, cubs so I am pumped up for the season. I'm going through the schedule figuring out there's some great great matchups this year coming to Kansas City and coming to uh Wrigley, the Red Sox. I recommend, folks. It's a weekend series. At Wrigley, there will not be a better time in the summer for a sports extravaganza than a trip to Chicago to see the Red Sox play the Cubs. It is a hoot. It's a lot of fun. We were there a couple years ago whenever the division rotation was that the Red Sox played at Wrigley. Lots of fun. Good times. Good food. And I'm looking forward to spring training. So... For Jamie Redskine, The Side of Baseball, uh, that's it for today. I hope you guys are having a great day. I know I am, and we will see you or talk to you again from uh, Arizona. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.